that time. The Sports Talker. Here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Monday to you here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Big weekend for sports here in Kentucky. Cats get a big win, a convincing win, a solid-looking win against North Carolina on Saturday. That's what UK looks like when they're going to hit outside shots. That's what UK looks like when you're going to run with them. I was surprised to see UNC do that from the get-go, but the more I think about it, that might be the way to play against Kentucky, and we're going to talk more about that. Louisville has an ugly game but gets a win yesterday, but I think the more important part of that late Sunday evening was the comments after the game. Rick Pitino, not happy at all. Montrez Harrell, not happy at all. Louisville led big in the first half. Uh, allowed UNC Wilmingham to come back and ultimately was able to close out the game, but did not look uh, very sharp doing it. So we're going to talk about that game as well. Uh, there was some other college basketball happening around the country this weekend. Kansas continues to to look good and make that Kentucky win look great. Uh, and some other happenings from UNC Wilmington. I don't know. I think I might have said UNC Wilmington to start the show. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, but we'll, we'll get to all that later in the show. Yates, how are you? I'm doing well, TJ. How are you? I'm doing doing fine. Another week. Uh, now, now it's kind of the uh, a slow part when it comes to covering Kentucky. No game until Saturday, no game until after that, until the following Saturday. You're only going to get one media opportunity each of those weeks. Uh, so content will be a little bit slow as we are getting closer and closer to Christmas. <clears throat> uh, Yates, have you gotten all your holiday shopping done? No, not yet. Have you started your holiday shopping? Yes. That's good. I, I, I've i started, but I'm really stumped on a few people on what to get. Luckily, I don't have to get stuff for a lot of people. Um, but a oh, funny story while we're on this, uh, while we're on the topic, we, uh, <clears throat> my roommates in college, we did a, a Christmas gift exchange. It was just the four of us, and it's like a $20, $25 cap, so nobody would spend that much money. Um not that any of us had any money to spend back when we were in college and uh, even even now. Uh, but anyways, uh, so it, we did it again, even though we're all done with college or most of us are done with college. And the guy I got, I was going to get the Game of Thrones nerd book, Yates, that we talked so much about that had people up in arms. Uh, I was going to get him that because he's a Game of Thrones fan. Sure enough. Uh, he walks in and, and sees that I have it already sitting on the table because I bought two, one for him and one for myself, and he starts acting kind of strange. Anyways, I open up his gift. He got me that book. I got him that book, and then now we have three Game of Thrones books just floating around. Uh, funny little incident from uh, the weekend and, and gift-giving. Uh, and But he got his for so much cheaper than I paid for mine. I was a little bit jealous about that. Uh, but I'll take it back or give it to somebody if they want it, uh, which based on the reaction from some of our audience, Yates, I don't know if anybody would want a Game of Thrones book, uh, but we'll have to see. Uh, we're also going to talk about this a little bit today. As you know, sometimes on the Sports Talker, we don't talk about sports. Yates, please tell me you listen to Serial. I don't. <laughs> 
Are you familiar with it? Yes, I think I've actually heard maybe one episode of it, uh, but I I don't listen to it regularly. How do you? Well, it, there's only there's only eleven episodes so far. How did you listen to one? Did you listen to the first one? How did you come across it? Did you not like it? What what happened? Uh, the wife and I were going somewhere, and we listened to it on NPR in the car. And okay, it's, I mean, so it's not necessarily that I didn't like it. I just didn't, <clears throat> I didn't seek out the rest of the series. Well, it probably wasn't the first one. It may not have been. I, I'm not sure which one it was. It probably wasn't the first one, and it probably, Yates. If I know you like I think I do, and it's not, and that's not very well at all. You would love this. It's you really should give it a shot. I might do it, that. I, the the first episode I think is only forty minutes or maybe anywhere. All the episodes are only anywhere from thirty to thirty to sixty minutes. I think you should try listening to the first one. <clears throat> really, I was hooked after the second one, and that's where most people say that they're hooked is after the second episode. So I don't want to say just try the first one and then if you don't like it or don't, but I really think you'd like it. Uh, it is great. I want to talk about it, but now I don't really want to spoil anything for you. Not that it's anything that's spoiled. It's something that happened in 1999. Oh, but it's about a murder case, and if you haven't listened to it and you're listening to the show now, you should. Uh, it's about a murder in 1999 between high schoolers. A high school boy was uh, accused and convicted of killing his ex-girlfriend, who was a high school senior. Uh, and basically, it's just kind of re-going. It's going over what happened and talking about how maybe he shouldn't have been convicted. But then again, there's some iffy parts. It's it, it might, If I don't make it sound entertaining, then I'm doing a very poor job, and I'm probably not making it sound super thrilling uh, but I promise you, if you listen to it, you like it and uh, be engaged. And Yates, maybe you can talk about it. Maybe you can listen to it and then we can talk about it on the air and uh, make all our listeners happy with our off-the-wall, non-sports talk. So give it a shot. I'll, I'll, I'll have to do that. Right, anyways, uh, let's, let's jump right in. I was hoping that discussion would be a little bit longer, but if Yates, if Yates isn't on board, then there's not much I can do about that. Uh, we're going to talk Kentucky now and their win over UNC in a very interesting UK-UNC game. Uh, would Interesting would be the word that I would use because um, UK and UNC play year in and year out with the exception of, I, I guess, UK's NIT year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, but th- it's been an annual rivalry now for a decade and a half and, and maybe longer. Uh, but basically, ever since I've been kind of following college basketball when I was a kid, it that was the first game that I can remember that as somebody that covers Kentucky and following that rivalry, that I'm not – I wasn't the slight – I wasn't worried at all about UK's chances of winning or I, it wasn't – the game was never in doubt for me, even before the game began. You knew that UNC was going to have to play an unbelievable game, and UK was going to have to mess something up or not play well. And that's really what happened once the game started. And UNC got off to a pretty decent start, all things considered, and had an okay game, all things considered. They didn't get much out of Marcus Page, 
in the first half, but then again, he, he was pretty good in the second half. Um, you know, that, that evened out a little bit. They were able to hit six threes or however many, you know, five or six threes, however many it was. So they were able to do some things really well. It wasn't like UNC played awful and UK just caught them on a bad day. Uh, they played okay. They played about as well as you can expect a team going into the number one team in the country's building and playing. Uh, and they still came out with a 14-point loss, and that score stretched as high as 19 uh, late in that game. UNC hit six three-pointers. Uh, Kentucky hit seven. If you would have said that the teams would have combined for 13 three-pointers, I would have guessed that UNC must have hit a ton because the way Kentucky had been shooting lately wasn't great. But as I said on the radio show, it wasn't time to panic. It wasn't time to automatically say this was a terrible three-point shooting team. I had mentioned and asked, how many plays do you remember that John Calipari ran for, for shooters? And sure enough... Uh, you know, none really stood out, but then you saw a couple against UNC and they hit a couple, Aaron Harrison and Devin Booker. There's each, each one has had two specific plays that I can recall, uh, that were designed plays to get a shooter open behind the arc. And they both knocked down the shots and a couple of Aaron Harrison's threes were just pull ups cause he was feeling it. And he really was feeling it. If he would have hit that last, uh, 30 footer before the buzzer sounded, at halftime, I think that would have been four straight threes or something uh, close to that. The crowd would have gone nuts. It would have been almost Tayshawn Prince-esque, but uh, rimmed out at the last moment. But <clears throat> So my point is, it, it was weird to have this rivalry game that has gone back and forth. Uh, usually the home team wins. UNC kind of dominated the series about a decade ago. Uh, but to have a game where you're not really ever – curious about what the outcome will be. And I guess maybe uh, I think it was 2008, 2009 season when UK played at UNC. And I think the second game of the year, that game, UNC was a big favorite and you, you probably never worried about UNC winning or losing that game. Uh, but it had a similar feel here. And this is different because UNC was a ranked team. That UK team would eventually go on to the NIT. Uh, this UNC team is going to make the tournament. And, and I think as a, uh, is a clear pick to make the second weekend of the tournament. How far they go probably de- depends on how some of the young, their younger guys develop. But this was a good UNC team that Kentucky handled. And the, I think another strange thing is that UNC out-rebounded Kentucky. This is a team that got do- UNC got dominated on the boards by Butler. Gave up 66 rebounds to Butler. 29 offensive rebounds to Butler. So they obviously put a huge emphasis on defensive rebounding against Kentucky and offensive rebounding, obviously. And it worked, and they still got beat by 14. So I think this, you know, UK fans and the Louisville fans that listen to here, Louisville fans probably don't want to hear it, me kind of making more points on why UK is good and going to have a, a solid year. Uh, UK fans, you you already knew that. But it's just another it's another it's another game. It's another point. Uh, it's another notch in the belt for this Kentucky team that it is a really, really good team. And uh, a lot of people wondered how they would respond with Alex Poitras being out. And it was cool uh, to see Alex Poitras 
on crutches, come out of the locker room with the team and uh, sit close to the team and then eventually move to the bench in the second half. Uh, it was cool to see him involved. But, you know, as of right now, again, and I think everybody kind of expected this, that they would, UK would respond positively with Alex Poitras being out and play pumped up. Well, they did that for one game. Now, losing, Roy Williams, I think, said it best, and I think he said that Dean Smith told him this, that if you lose a significant player for one game, that might make you play play better. But for the entire season, you're still losing a player, and it's not, you might see some short-term success in losing a player, but ultimately you're, it's going to hurt you. Uh, he said that, and I think that may be spot on with Alex Poitras. Obviously, Kentucky would rather have him. They're not better without Alex Poitras. The people that are suggesting that are just crazy. But it will change the roles of some people. And you could have a Devin Booker. Uh, you, you could have a more guard-oriented lineup because, again, Kentucky doesn't have a true three. Alex Poitras, I don't... You know, I don't really consider him a true college three either, but he was the closest thing to it. But now you're going to probably play three guards. You're going to have Tyler Ulis and Andrew Harrison and Aaron Harrison and Devin Booker. You're going to have those four guys get the majority of minutes for those three positions. And guess what? Three of those four guys are, are pretty good three-point shooters. And Andrew Harrison, again, as I said on the show last week, I'm okay with him shooting threes too. So I, I get why people feel that UK is better without Alex Poitras. It's not true. You don't want to lose a player like that. You don't want to lose a McDonald's All-American that's a junior and has played in a national championship game before. But it could make UK – it will change things offensively. And, and it could change things for the better if Kentucky can shoot at a decent level, uh, which they did against UNC. Now, if they're not going to hit threes, then obviously you'd rather just have the bruiser and Alex Poitras, the athletic uh, guy that can guard four different positions. But if they're hitting, then, then then maybe you see that on an offensive side, Alex Poitras' loss isn't huge. Isn't as big as I made it out to be, at least last week. Uh, but the season will, will tell, and now UK waits a week. They're going to play UCLA. UCLA is not having a a great season from what I've followed. I've only gotten to watch them once or twice, only one game in its entirety, and then on and off some of the other games. They're 8-3 and three on the year. They've got losses to Gonzaga, which was this past weekend, Oklahoma, and then that same UNC team that UK just beat the snot out of. UNC beat UCLA by 22. So you should imagine too tough of a contest for Kentucky in Chicago. And then, of course, the game after that's the Louisville game, which uh, should be interesting. A few last thoughts on this Kentucky game. Uh, well, we might talk about it later, too. Good environment. That was a, a classic Rupp Arena environment. It had that feel to it that you can only, you can't really explain. You have to be there to know how that feels. But all big games in college basketball and college football kind of have that vibe. As soon as you walk in and it's just, it's, it's instantly louder at all points of the game. It's louder. They had the national anthem where the crowd sang. seems like UK starting to do that for big games. Uh, you saw that. <clears throat> You saw that. It got the crowd pumped up. It sounded good. That's fun to listen to. Uh, I think Kentucky, it, it was good to see Kentucky play that way. But one interesting thing that stuck out to me was 
UNC running with Kentucky. And, you know, it didn't seem like a, a smart strategy because I've talked about how many times you've seen teams muddying up the game against UK and, and making it, trying to zone UK and doing what you can to make it low scoring and just hoping late that you can make a run and get closer. But then you have UNC come out and play a very fast tempo, hope to get some fast break points. It worked early. UK was kind of caught napping. I don't think they expected UNC to do that. And it made me think, is that the way you beat Kentucky? Is that what you do against this team? Is try to make them run, hope that you outscore them, and don't let them get set in their half-court defense? Because it's obvious that Kentucky's probably uh, probably the best defensive team in the country, but you can't debate that they're a top-three defensive team in the country. And with all that length, is it best for not for you to, if you're an opposing team, to not let them get set and just hope if you can score quick, maybe get some rebounds? You saw UNC out-rebound them. You saw Texas out-rebound them. Texas didn't pl- try to play quick, or if they did, it didn't work. But, Yates, do you think maybe that's the way to go is to play faster and, instead of muddying up the game? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that you really want to get out and run with a team like Kentucky. Well, the thing is, it, it, this Kentucky team's not overly fast. It, it's got some quick players. Uh, and you, you, you've got, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein can run the floor as well as any big man in college basketball. And obviously, Tyler Ulyss is quick. But the Harrison Twins are, you know, I wouldn't say that they're slow, but they're they're not John Wall fast. And, you know, Alex Poitras was very quick. He's out. Trey Lyles, not super fast. Akari Johnson, obviously a bigger guy. So they're not, it's not your kind of classic John Calipari, super athletic, full of athletes from one to eight team. You've got more skilled players. You've got some bigger guys. You've got some stronger guards. So it's not the fastest team in the world. And you saw UK get burnt on it a little bit against UNC. But. But here's here's the thing, Yates. I don't know if you want to play fast against Kentucky because, you know, if you're playing a faster tempo, obviously you're getting up and down the the the, the floor more. Uh, they're you're probably going to get more tired. And what is you know I'm not I I, I I hate the word platoon. I hate talking about it. But when Kentucky, they can wear teams out that way. They just bring in five or four more guys, where the other team, if they want to keep playing fast, well. The results are going to show. So while it was interesting to see UNC play them fast, and I'm sure Louisville, I, the, I, I, have, I keep going back and forth on whether or not I think Louisville it'll be a muddied game with a bunch of fouls and be really boring to watch, or if I think Rick Pitino is going to say, "Hey, we've got the we," I feel that we have the more athletic guards. I uh, feel that we even have maybe the more athletic bigs. Let's try to run with this team, get it high scoring, and hope our offense shows. Uh, I, I don't know which way Rick Pitino is going to go in that Kentucky-Louisville game, obviously because it's not going to really matter with UCLA. And, and for a lot of teams, it's not going to matter what they're going to do against Kentucky. If they want to play fast, then they'll get beat playing fast. If they want to play slow, they'll get beat playing so, slow. But Louisville's one of the teams where – uh, Louisville and you know maybe Florida are the only two teams left on UK schedule 
where how they dictate the game could actually change the outcome of the game because the talent level isn't isn't far apart. And in Louisville's case, it's it's you know it's very similar. So I'll be interested to see that. If I'm a coach, I'm still probably going to try to muddy up the game against Kentucky. I still think that's the way to go and then just hope it, it turns into who can hit the most threes late in the game. Hope that you're within, hope you're in what I call a buffer game and hope that you get hot late and they don't. Roll the dice. And, and that's kind of more for bad teams or teams that are very unlikely to win, like UNC on Saturday. UNC is not a bad team, but they were very unlikely to win on Saturday. With Louisville, I don't know if they have to play that style, but I'm curious to see what they decide to do. But I still think muddying up the game is the way to go against Kentucky if you're a big underdog, like UCLA will be on Saturday. Uh, Not fun to watch, but I think UK fans need to expect more of it, even though UNC had some success running. We're going to head to our first commercial break. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about Louisville. Uh, and their win, but some impossible off-the-court issues. Uh, And we'll talk some more college basketball. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here. Second segment on a Monday. I'll take this weather for December. Not too cold. You're able to go outside and be okay. Took the dog on a walk. Wore, wore shorts. Any chance I get to wear shorts, I'm going to. So I'll take it. No complaints. I'm not sure what the forecast is supposed to do later. Obviously, everybody would like a maybe a little snow on Christmas, but if we can have warmer weather, I'll, I will sacrifice that for the rest of the month. <clears throat> but anyways... Uh, so we talked to UK in the first segment on their win over UNC. An impressive win. Uh, a win that the number one team should have against a quality opponent at home. Uh, they used the crowd to their advantage. Whenever UNC would make a bit of a run, UK was able to settle in, and, and I felt that that was impressive. Uh, you know, UNC got that game uh, to, to 9 or 10 there in the second half and UK would buckle down and make the plays it needed to offensively. A lot of people, I, I, I mentioned that we were going to move on from the UK game, but here I am talking about it. I've heard some people mention that Tyler Ulis and Devin Booker should get more minutes than Andrew and Aaron Harrison. I'm not ready to say that. First off, all four of them are getting similar minutes, so who cares? And were Tyler Ulis and Devin Booker better than Andrew and Aaron Harrison on Saturday? Yeah, those two were probably better than the other two, but Tyler Ulis and or Devin Booker and Aaron Harrison were probably the best two. Uh, you know, you you lump them in together because Andrew and Harrison, a- Andrew and Aaron are twins. Tyler and Devin are best friends. It's almost making this little rivalry between the two, and that doesn't have to be like that. Uh, I know fans always have to have something to talk about and gripe about. 
but it doesn't have to be like that. All four, all four are going to play. All four bring something a little bit different and, and variety at that position as long as it's a talented variety, and it is. That's great for Kentucky. If they need bigger guards to kind of bully their way around, and, and Andrew and Aaron Harrison did that against UNC, then you've got that. If you need quicker guards to uh, to get inside and, and play a little bit better on the ball defense, you've got Tyler Eulis for that. And you've got Devin Booker who's going to knock down threes, and as long as he's hitting, he should be on the floor. So... I'm kind of, I don't want to, I don't know if sick is the right word, but it's, it's silly to see the arguments between the two, uh, between the two sets of guards, because again, all are going to play. They're not exclusive to one another. And like I mentioned earlier in the show with Poitras out, you're probably going to see three of those guys play together at the same time. I, I, like the idea of playing Tyler Ulysses, Andrew Harrison, and Aaron Harrison together. But really, any of those combinations, I think, are, are okay for UK. And fans, again, just need to remember that you're going to see all different combinations throughout the season. All the minutes will be similar with those guys. I, I'm convinced that there's now been the Kansas game for Kentucky and the UNC. I mean, they've played against some quality opponents where that has been the case then. And it's still the case now. Uh, the good news for UK and who, which guards are better. <clears throat> when Andrew Harrison was on the bench, he was cheering louder and more active on the bench than any other player. Even cheering for Tyler Ulysses and Devin Booker, so it does seem that they've bought in. There is a, that team concept that many people worried about. Seems like they cheer for one another, and that's my transition into Louisville's game. A lot of post-game commentary that that is is different. It wasn't just your your coach speak or player speak after the game. So Yates, I'll let you take a stab at this first. Uh, how concerned are you as a Louisville fan based on Montrez Harrell and Rick Pitino's comments last night? Um, I don't think I'm overly concerned. Uh, I mean, it, it. I think it was there was an issue in the game last night, but I, I have faith that they'll be able to correct it and get whoever's ego in check uh, seems to be running amok as, <laughs> at the moment. Somebody in – that's the that's the thing. And part of that part of the second half, I had to listen to on the radio because I had to go run an errand. But what made you think watching last night's game that it was somebody's ego that allowed that allowed Louisville's lead to disappear? And, I, and I'm I'm genuinely asking you, Gates. Was there something that you saw and and thought, oh, this team doesn't have any heart or this team doesn't have any fight. Because I didn't really get that vibe. I I got the vibe that they went through a stretch where they weren't playing well. And and they let the other team back into the game. Uh, I think a lot of it stems from some people on the team wanting to play hero ball. And that's not 
they're I mean they're not good enough to do that. So obviously it's it's Chris Jones that people obviously. are talking about. So okay, so that's uh, and do you think that's who Montrezl Harrell's talking about? Uh, obviously that's what the fans and that's what we think. But I mean it has to be him, right? I would think so. I'd be shocked if it was anybody else. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I I agree on that and I've I've been very opinionated on Chris Jones and his game. I uh, thought he had looked a little bit better at times this season, but uh, you know he he is a guy that tries to do a lot when maybe his skill set doesn't allow him to to do as much as he would like. But again, I, I didn't get to watch it. I listened to some of it on the ra- uh, to most of the second half on the radio, and it, it just seemed like the you can see Wilmington was just hitting shots. So, got a tweet in from Joe Casson saying that he turns on the sports talker and the first words he hears are, and transitions me to the Louisville game. Uh, Joe is a, a constant listener to the Cats Illustrated podcast, and there's kind of a running joke that I tend to bring Louisville into the conversation in the podcast. But you live in a city, I, I live in Louisville, I, I cover Kentucky. And these are two of the best basketball programs in the country. So sometimes they, there's an overlap and there's time for comparisons. And they're very similar football programs, in my opinion. I know Louisville's had a, uh, more success, but in terms of their ceilings, they're, they're, they're similar football programs. So there, there is a good comparison, and that's what I'm familiar with. Uh, but some UK fans don't appreciate how much I talk about Louisville. And some Louisville fans don't like that I talk about Louisville at all either. Uh, so it seems like me talking about Louisville generally just gets me in trouble, but I'm going to probably keep doing it. And in this, in this game, I uh, have, I've even, I've, I've talked to some Louisville fans about it. Some Louisville fans have no problem with Montrose Harrell and his comments after the game. And if you're not familiar with what he said, he said that the team, uh, you know, some guys have too big of egos and, not playing for 40 minutes, and he said that he told the team before the first half yesterday that they were going to have a bad half because of their effort and energy level. And uh, Rick Patino said that they're not playing like men of Louisville, that they don't have a certain attitude about them. Montrose Harrell went on to say that Peyton Siva and Gorgie Jang, they never had any issues with with coming to play buying into the team concept. But with uh, this team, there's there's some serious issues. Uh, Yates, what I think happened is, I don't even think this really had to do with on-the-court stuff. I think this had mostly to do with something that maybe happened off the court. Maybe it happened off the court during the weekend. Well, I mean, I think probably started there, but I think there were times when it manifested itself on the court. I mean, for instance, th- there was one play that I remember specifically when late in the game, Louisville had extended the lead back out to 10 points, I think, and they I don't know if UNC Wilmington had just missed a shot or turned the ball over or whatever, but Chris Jones brought the ball down the court, and before 10 seconds had even run off the shot clock, he's driving to the basket and missing a shot. 
when yeah. I mean there mm. you should be. I mean, at that point, you should be doing your best to to milk the clock. I mean, there's no reason he there was no reason for him to take the shot he did, especially that early in the shot clock. Yeah, well, that just makes it even more clear that's who Montrezl Harrell's talking about, uh, and, and stuff like that can be frustrating for teammates, certainly for Rick Pitino, uh, but just how passionate he was uh, and the way that he was saying it, uh, he was obviously mad and he's still, you know, a 20 year old, 21 year old kid Montrez Harrell is. And it's clear that emotions maybe got the best of him, but you still won the game. You're still able, and there's positives to be taken away from being able to win a game like that when really everything starts to fall apart and you're able to still, you know, go on a 10-0 run, whatever it was, after they tied up the game or got it within two. Or, uh, to, you know, there's something positive to be said about that. So that's why I think what Montrez Harrell was going off on after the game had a little bit more to do than what happened on the court. And we are, we're probably never going to hear about what the issue was or who did what, who messed up. <clears throat> I'm sure it's probably nothing major. Uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see if something happens in Louisville's next game against Western Kentucky on Saturday. If they come out looking bad then, and there's some noticeable chemistry issues on the court, then then maybe it's a serious issue. I doubt there will be. And in that case, it'll be. You know, this probably isn't that big of a deal. But we'll have to see. Time will tell with that. It was just interesting to see him. I mean, it just very, very, very angry. It wasn't just your normal people have to come to play. I mean, he was basically calling – he was calling guys out, just not giving names. And Yates, you know, with college players and trouble off the court, you got to imagine maybe a girl's behind all this. Isn't there always a girl behind something going on off the court? I mean, is, has, hasn't that been the persistent rumor for like the last, I don't know, decade and a half? Decade and a half with every team, girl issues. So and so maybe spitting at somebody's girlfriend, and it's, you know, the biggest one was obviously Rajon Rondo and Patrick Sparks. Any UK fan can tell you that rumor. What I don't know, though, is if it's actually true. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to hear some Montrez Harrell, Chris Jones rumors that that, re, that relate to girls. Uh, but in all honesty, I don't think this is going, going to be a huge issue for Louisville. Uh, but we'll see. It's still an undefeated team. Number four in the country. And gets to host their biggest rival here in two weeks with a chance to you know make their case for being a, the, the number one team in the country. Clay B116 text into the show and said, I listened to the UVL game on the radio. That's a sign I'm a Louisville fan. Clay B116, I don't want to listen to other radio stations play the same music that they play over and over again. I could tell you every song that would be on the radio. So, of course, I'm going to listen to sports if they're on the radio. I mean, I'm the sports talker for crying out loud. 
And then he asked if it's another Rondo Sparks type of issue for the Louisville team. I'm not saying that it is. I'm joking. It probably is not. So we'll see. I mean, time will tell with with this sort of incident. But Yates, one last question with this Montrezl Harrell stuff. Is that a sign of being a good leader or is this a sign of being a bad leader? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it all depends on the the players on the team and maybe who specifically he's calling out. I mean, people react differently to you know that sort of thing. I mean, so some people that might you know you might not want to call them out in such a public manner because it could create more issues. But some people will will respond more positively to that. So I, you know, I think it's I think it's good that he's showing leadership and, you know, saying that he knows that there's a problem and he intends to resolve it. I mean, I think, I think that much of it is good. Well, I, 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 and I've heard some Louisville fans say that he, all this should be away from the media. He should privately talk to whoever he's talking to or have a team only meeting and talk that way. It doesn't have to go public because now you've got idiots like me talking about it and other sports radio guys are going to talk about this stuff, and it didn't have to happen that way. But that's why I noted to him being obviously just a, a young guy that was very emotional after that game. And I, and I think this is a sign of being a good leader. He didn't call out – he didn't say any names. And we get the vibe that it is just one player. It's not like – and he made it seem like it, it, the whole team needed to do it. But realistically, you know, I, I don't think there's any effort problems – from what I've seen from Louisville for a lot of guys. And I think most guys know their role. So while he threw everybody under the bus, including you know himself, I think it's clear that he was just talking about that one player. And I think that message will be clear to Chris Jones that, hey, he needs to step it up. And when it's just one guy, if it doesn't work, Rick Bettino can bench one guy. Now, if it was everybody, this would be a bigger issue, and I think what Montrezl Harrell would do was doing would be the wrong way to go about it. But, uh, but realistically, I don't think it's one. I don't think it's everybody. I think it is just one guy. But it's interesting. You got to love stuff like this in December during the slow time of the year. Kentucky just has one more game until Louisville, but that's still two weeks away. Louisville has just two more games, but they're they're pretty spread out. Just there's not a lot to talk about, so I'm happy Montrez Harrell went on this little rant. Allowing me to go on a little rant. Uh, but we're going to be rant-free here for the next few minutes as we go to commercial break, and then we will come back for one final segment. Uh, maybe talk a little college basketball, maybe talk a little bit NFL, uh, maybe talk about my favorite hobbies and life goals. I don't know. Any, any Anything goes. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. I'll be out spending all this money while you sitting around wondering why it wasn't you who came up from nothing. Made it from the bottom, now when you see me, I'm stunting. And all of my cars are with a push of a button. Telling me I changed since I blew up or whatever you call it. Switch the number to my phone so you never could call it. Don't need my name on my shirt, you can tell it I'm balling. Swish, what a shame could have got picked. Had a really good game, but you make it. You're listening to The Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We are back. 
last segment here on a Monday. Your Monday's almost over, and then it's all downhill after that. Rob Blackhawk tweets into the show that he does not watch cereal, but he had cereal for breakfast. The classic cereal, cereal joke. Have to love it, but Rob, you should listen to it. I think uh, you would like it, and I think anybody listening would like it. And I want you to – and it's, the thing is, it's not even new. I, I caught it. I was one of the last people to catch it. I caught it last – I started listening to it last Friday, and that should show you how quickly I listened to it. That I started on Friday. They have 11 episodes. And the episodes are anywhere from 30 to an hour long. Most are around 45 minutes. And I finished it from Friday to last night. Listened to a few on the way to and from Lexington when covering the game on Saturday. Uh, I mean, when I was when it was on and I had episodes to listen to, that's all I could uh, do during my free time. So I think anybody and uh, anybody should give it a listen. Uh, there's a, a thread at catsillustrated.com, the paddock. Which, again, if you remember from the earlier Sports Stalkers, the paddock is uh, you can discuss anything and everything. And ev- anything and everything is discussed. Uh, it is loosely moderated, too. And you don't have to be a subscriber to get on and, and read the paddock or post on the paddock. So if you're interested in just the general discussion that goes on amongst UK fans, that's the place to go. Uh, there's a, a great thread about cereal, people giving their opinions. It's really a, a whodunit type of thing. Yates, you're an Office fan, so I'm sure you probably remember Toby always talking about the Flinderson files. Well, this is basically a Flinderson's files, a, a real life one. So again, if that doesn't treat you, it should. Oh, and, and while we're on the subject of the paddock and this general discussion forum on UK's site, so some guy was talking about he's going out on an anniversary date in Louisville and he wanted suggestions because I guess he was from out of town. <clears throat> and everybody's talking about where they should go. And then the, the discussion turned into the best food places in Louisville, which didn't necessarily have to do with the best the place to go with the anniversary because there's a budget and you know you, it, it, there's this and that. So I simply stated that I thought that Ruth Chris, if we're talking really nice places to go get food, Ruth Chris had the best food in Louisville. And man, Yates, people really went after me. And only because that it, it – well, maybe not only because – but the main reason they went after me is because it's not original to Louisville. But who cares? If that's the best food, then that's the best food, right? Uh, yeah, man. Unless one of the criteria listed were original to Louisville. It was if not. If that's your opinion, then that's your opinion. Exactly. People are, people are acting like it's crazy to think that because it's not, because it's not original to Louisville. And that it just specializes in steak, which, good. Who doesn't love, I mean, if you could pick one thing to eat that was cooked perfectly, I bet most people would pick a nice big old steak. I know I would. But anyways, uh, always good discussion there. That's my not-so-shameless plug to get over to catsillustrated.com and read some stuff, even if it's the free stuff. (laughs) 
now some people are texting and tweeting me their suggestions for best food place. Anyways, uh, didn't get to the PT picks of the week. I, I forgot. I kind of forgot about it since it's basketball. Would have to go over it. We'll talk about it maybe tomorrow on the show. It, it just doesn't have the same feel to it for basketball games as it did for football. I'm not even sure how I did. Probably not great. I did pick UNC to cover, and they did not. So uh, at least I lost one. Probably lost a few more. Doesn't really have the same feel to it. I wanted more time to talk about this, but I got caught up in talking about non-sports things again. Uh, Green Bay's loss to the Bills yesterday. Obviously, those that know me know that I'm a huge Packers fan. Green Bay deserved to lose. Buffalo outplayed them. I don't really, you know, I, I, I certainly didn't lose any sleep over the loss. And that makes it a little bit better when you do get outplayed. But the way that game ended, Yates, did you see how that game ended? I did not. First off, it was a rule that I didn't know existed. What happened was Green Bay was on the 10-yard line. They had to go 90 yards in two minutes. Oh, actually, uh, you know what? I did see the end of that game with the fumble in, in the end zone. Exactly. Did you know that rule? Uh, well, I mean, if you had asked me prior to that play happening about that rule, I probably would not have said that or that I knew it. But upon hearing the reasoning, I do recall hearing that or, or knowing, I guess, that Inside, I didn't know necessarily that it was inside two minutes, but I knew there were some rules with regard to your ability to advance a fumble from another player. And obviously, I, I was thinking for a while, why would you even have this stupid rule in the NFL? And I, and I guess the only one that I can think is in the last play, on the last play, when you start doing all the fumble stuff and trying to lateral it and keep the play alive, that the only reason that you make this rule is that so you can't fake a fumble forward, and that eventually, or, and that eventually the play has to come to an end. That's the only logical reasoning I could have for this rule. Which even in that scenario, why not just make it for the last play that you can't advance a fumble? Why under two minutes? And what's the difference if it happens with two minutes and one second versus one minute fifty nine seconds? It's I, I just think it's idiotic to have that rule. You should be able to, and at least advance the ball out of your own end zone. You know, where does it hurt you there? So it's just a very stupid way to end a football game. A very stupid rule by the NFL. And even in the worst case scenario about the whole rule in general, who cares if you fumble it on the last play of the game? Who cares if you have to fumble it and you want to keep the play alive? You know, as long as you're not fumbling the ball forward on accident, who cares? I'm just stupid. NFL is so great, and it's got the best and biggest fan base out of any sport. But, I, I mean, there's just so, so many dumb rulings, and, and it's almost just it's so poorly managed. Anyways, uh, we're done. We're out of time. And now it's time for Trevor to, to talk and do his thing. So uh, join us tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Tuesday, 1450, the Sports Bus. Thanks for listening. To my old Kentucky home, my old Kentucky home. Uh, they say welcome to the 502. Take a Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Uncle Freak's classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget 270, be hitting two. So I'll call it blue grass, so I'll call it purple. I'ma call it home.